All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, we've got on our good friend, Mr. Aryan Garavesh. How are you doing, Mr. Aryan? I am great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much yes. for coming on. Absolutely. If you guys don't remember, if you've been listening for a while, Aryan, we actually had you on way back when for the first time yes. on the Pursuit of Property podcast talking Season about two. personal financial financials. And we wanted to bring you in today to really just talk about this economy, how it relates to business owners, the shift that we're seeing, and what people should really be doing, especially business owners, entrepreneurs, to prepare and succeed in this market shift. So thanks again for coming on. No, thank you. If you don't mind, can you give us a little bit about your background, what businesses you own now, kind of what you're doing and what you own? Sure, absolutely. Um, as I said, I'm really excited to be with you guys. It's always fun to be here. Um, pretty much, I started with insurance industry. I was in insurance. Uh, I was an insurance broker or agent. I started mm-hmm. to be an agent, and uh, I was in sell sell insurance policies uh, from personal line. That's what I was started it, and then I converted to commercial only commercials workers comp bond. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time, uh, financial was really attractive to me all the time because I love numbers. And when we were doing audits for workers' comp, for example, that's how it started it because I was doing helping clients with the audits and so on. Then I'm like, hmm, I love, I think I like accounting and financials. Then I started taking courses and going back to college again and uh, uh, get my bachelor's and master's there. Um, Overall, uh, uh, insurance was number one for me, and um, we grew the business. Uh, me and my wife, we still own that insurance brokerage, and I have the accounting consulting firm, uh, mostly for small businesses, and um, we just go through A to Z process with them, help them to review their financials, and my requirements is to meet with me every month, 30 minutes per month, to review the financials, otherwise... Uh, it's not going to work for both of us because I want to make sure we build a system in place for small business that they constantly looking at their financials and see where they are and where they want to go. And we help, in with, we help them with the budget. Budget is a big deal. So we review the budget as um, pretty much much as possible and uh, make sure to not spending or overspending or some businesses, they don't spend enough. Mm-hmm. So push them to spend and um, to build their businesses. Gotcha. So you, so you started with insurance and mm-hmm. then you moved from more personal insurance to more uh, workers comp and you developed that company, which you said you sure. still own. Absolutely. And yes. then you also run a consulting firm. Absolutely. And you help small businesses. And I think by a lot of our podcast standards, uh, a listener's standards, it would be more like medium sized business to what we're at. Yes. Um, and you help guide them through just basic financial advising for keeping track of their financials, spending, saving, that kind of a thing. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I can attest that you and I have spoken a lot of times, and I know you've spoken with Kate as well. And so we're having you on because we always come and pick your brain. And uh, you've got really great knowledge on um, how to continue to uh, create, like you said, systems to check your financials, to maintain that you're following what you said you wanted to do, and then kind of a checks and balances. 
And a lot of people right now, I think, uh, are going to need to get a lot more strict on watching their financials and figuring out where where money is going, where it's coming from. And in a shifting market, even more so than ever, um, you know, plugging the holes in the boat if you have any kind of, uh, you know, loose spending. I agree. I 100% I agree with you. Uh, that's really interesting. A couple of years ago, we, um, I, w- I was part of a research that we did with two attorneys and two CPAs, and we analyzed and uh, we worked on a really good fund research. It was fun for four of us, five of us, that we worked on this. And uh, the thing was um, we had 300 businesses, a small business that they filed for bankruptcy. And we contacted uh, with all of them. And that was really interesting. All of them were responsive. Like they were talking to us and we went through the whole questionnaires that we made and uh, we talked to all of them and almost every single of them, they didn't have financials or they were running their business by the uh, bank account and they were looking at their bank account and like, oh, I have like $10,000 means I can pay payroll and I'm Mm -hmm. okay. Or um, that was really interesting that how many of them they were uh, behind on their taxes. And I still see this in, uh, around small businesses that um, they are behind on their taxes. I'm not saying that they, everybody has to file on a timely basis because of the IRS and so on. No. Uh, the thing is, a lot of them, when I sit down with them, they're like, well, I don't have the data. I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't have the data? Like, you don't know how much you made in 2018? No. Like, we're still working on it. I mean, that's not kind of, like, acceptable. And there are good businesses that uh, they're making money. But at that time when I was talking to them and um, eventually they go out of business because um, a couple things could happen in the nature of the business and it pulled them, I mean, out completely. Um, That's what I've been encouraging, like, hey, make sure to run your business by financial. And a lot of small businesses, they were like, oh, I'm too small. I don't need to have P&L. Or um, a lot of people, they're like, just the focus has to be on making money. Mm. And um, me personally, my, uh, always I'm looking at the net profit and gross profit margin because you need to understand your margin and the amount of time that you work, how much money you're making and how much um, dollar per hour you're making. And uh, you look, if you are, um, for example, gas station, restaurants, and so on, you need to understand your margin to see what product or what food are provides you more money and uh, how can you push that? How can you uh, change those foods that doesn't make money? And uh, there are so many little things that you have to be aware of. And un- I mean, unfortunately, uh, I think the financial topic has not been um, thought as much and uh, kind of like push small businesses to pay attention to this. Um, a lot of small businesses, they focus um, entirely on marketing, branding, but nothing as much on financials. And let me be honest, like financial is the most, um, it's really boring topic. And no one likes, I mean, even though that was really, sometimes my wife like look at me and she's like, I cannot believe it. for 16 hours you're sitting in front of the computer and going through the financials. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I enjoy it, but I know it's really a boring topic and people, um, they don't want to look at it. And a lot of people, whenever you understand your business, um, and for example, some of us, when you're looking at your bank account, you're not happy and you want to see it. You want to you want to kind of like constantly change that, and uh, but unfortunately you have to go through the whole process, and it is important. Yeah. Uh, we missed a little bit of 
um, context that Arian also runs uh, a lot of Keller Williams Fresno's yes. financials and oversees uh, a large base of real estate agents financials. And so Arian has a lot of experience as well, if you're a podcast listener, with our specific industry as well. And I bet you could probably agree that we're not very good at keeping track of financials as individual agents and that just like those small businesses, um, mm-hmm. even if you have a P&L and a balance sheet, that would even be better than probably a large chunk of real estate agents or investors. I, I, I agree. Absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, um, managing the financial for here, uh, Keller Williams Fresno and uh, operations as well. Um, I, my passion, I have, I'm really passionate to meet with the agents and, uh, just help them to grow their financials. And, uh, even I help a lot of agents to set up their QuickBooks, teach them how to go through the whole process. And, um, always what I recommend, uh, is if, if you think you're not going to do that, just leverage it out, hire a bookkeeper and mm-hmm. get them to run, manage your financials and at least, you understand them. I think a while ago, I um, was a great topic. Uh, uh, I, I think it was Mark Cuban, if I'm not mistake, mistaken. And uh, the, uh, he was asked if it is important for people to go to college. And uh, he was like, I think uh, average people, they have to, like if they took just to get the basis on businesses, like grab a course on uh, financial finance, uh, accounting, marketing, uh, you don't have to have a degree, but c- take a couple courses, and therefore that will give you a good base of understanding how you think about the financials. And there are so many videos, books out there too. Um, as I said, I understand it's really boring, but unfortunately this is the foundation of your business. And a lot of time, um, if you don't have a good uh, base on understanding on your financials, you cannot communicate with your CPA, regardless of who you hire, because the uh, majority of the CPA accountant, uh, they don't work in your business. You have understanding um, your business at a totally different level. And uh, they are good with the theory of the accounting. So if you have a base knowledge of the accounting and finances, then you can communicate well. Like you may don't look at the profit margin. And uh, that's my one of the most important topic in a retail store or restaurants to understand how much money you make on foods and is it good for you is it bad do you need to change Uh, or what drinks is the most expensive one for you as a a seller and what creates more profit margin for you i mean those things needs to be uh pretty much watched every single day in my opinion in those type of businesses and um yeah Hmm. Absolutely. Well, and not even just running the financials that way, but I remember when we had just moved over to Kelly Williams Fresno, I think you started, you would help Scott out first. And then I had met with you a little bit later on not just running the financials, but the actual structure of our bank accounts too, and how the money should be managed between these different accounts. And so I think that's like the second head of the coin too, right? Also knowing getting into these numbers in the P&L and the balance sheet and understanding what they mean because as a business owner, mm-hmm. it's your responsibility to understand what those numbers mean, at least have a baseline understanding even if you're you know, delegating that out to a bookkeeper or something yes. because if you don't know how to understand, process, and then do something about those numbers, mm-hmm. 
then you may find your business tanked <laughs> depending yes. on depending yes. on what's going on. Um, I want to shift a little bit to uh, a lot of words people are throwing at, uh, around right now. They're throwing around recession. They're throwing around, you know, 2008. Obviously, we're talking about a shifting market in the real estate business, but also our economy is shifting a lot right now, right? Where, where were you? Uh, what? Where were you at in your business when 2008 had happened, that kind of economic shift? Well, you're going to laugh. I opened uh, my business, I believe, uh, end of 2006. And um, that was, uh, I think we used to sell like 30 homes a day uh, in insurance, right? We're making a lot of money. I opened the business and then we were like on a really good spot. And then um, suddenly everything dropped, like you wake up and it's like two homes or three homes uh, a day or then change to zero. Um, those changes um, well, definitely affected us, but we were really um, reduced the cost. We were able to get out of it. Um, the challenges that we have in, um, I mean, today uh, compared to 2008, um, one, we have a high inflation rate right now. And uh, just last month itself, I believe um, between like 10, 15 companies they lay off, I mean, their layoff was 24,000 people. Uh, the unemployment rate is good. I mean, we are 3.5 or 3.6, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're still in a good unemployment number. Um, however, even whenever they say 3.5, in my opinion, uh, pretty much 2% or 2.5% really, they're not looking for a job or they're traveling or they're just switching between jobs mm -hmm. and so on. Um, literally we don't have that many unemployment however in a during that recession i think we were at 9.5 to 10 percent if i'm not mistaken and even beginning of 2020 uh, when the uh, COVID happened uh, i think we were at 14 percent if i'm not mistaken so that's a big factor the unemployment is super super important in our economy and um, uh, i'm hoping that we can control this um, however there are so many statistics right now uh, one of them was like 40% chance that we will have recession in the uh, beginning of 2023. And um, there are a couple different um, numbers that I was looking at the articles. Um, I think University of Chicago, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they announced like about 70% of, uh, of the economists, they mentioned that we're going to have recession beginning of the 2023. And... Um, I think 68% of the CFOs, um, they mentioned the same thing, that we're going to have a con I mean, recession beginning of 2023. However, it doesn't mean that we will have, right? Uh, in one hand, um, we have a good unemployment rate. Well, our GDP is dropping for sure. And I can't wait to see the second quarter numbers and see how things are going. Um, overall, from the real estate perspective, um, there are a lot of lack of uh, inventory, so we don't have that many houses so in the market, so that could help a little bit uh, with the real estate market. And uh, um, I'm positive about economy. I don't know why, but <laughs> I think uh, I don't see anything bad will happen if they can control. I hope the increasing rate on interest rate was happening earlier. If we had this 
uh, much earlier would have more help. And uh, if you think about it, we had 2.7 because we had uh, um, uh, big um, unemployment too, and it was mm-hmm. kind of like a recession they were going through. through. And um, I think the average interest rate for past 10 11 years was four and a half to five percent if i'm not mistaken around that time and that that was the norm that even 2009 when i purchased my first property i think i paid like 6.4 6.5 percent if i'm not mistaken um and it was normal to to me like mm-hmm. 6.5 percent this is what it is um but after having 2.5 2.6 percent so now it's hard to go back to five <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a lot to unpack i mean you referenced yes. a lot of different figures um i was curious one of the things is like the term for recession mm-hmm. i was under the impression that a recession is technically just two quarters of negative growth absolutely so when they're saying that cfos and other economists are predicting early 2023 recession Mm-hmm. Are they thinking we're not going to have maybe another quarter? Because didn't we have in Q2 or Q1 mm-hmm. negative growth and yes. Q2 potentially negative growth? Yes. Would that not be considered a recession by the standards that those economists and CFOs are talking about? There are so many other factors that they usually think about. And the changes that we made, uh, I mean, such as the interest rate and so on, it will slow down a lot of uh, uh, cash flows in the whole economy uh, as well so a lot of things it will take time for us to hit right if you think about it um and this is my opinion and i i'm always wrong about things and (laughs) so what happened uh, even um when they announced that they are increasing interest rate and they are i think they're going to do that this month too i'm not sure how much they're going to increase but we'll see how how it goes but I think the biggest problem is three months, three to f- maybe five to six months. Uh, it's a sh- kind of like a shock to the market. And then, then we will see the changes. Um, as we see, like we've seen this too. I mean, such, I mean, we saw a lot of buyers dropped and uh, we saw like urgency dropped on purchasing the property. In, I mean, my opinion still is a good market. If you really need to buy a house or you sell your house, you have to. I mean, you guys more right. expert than me here in that areas, but... Um, because it depends on your need. You have to take it off your need, right? Um, however, just back to your question, I think it takes time to for us to see things differently. Gotcha. They made those changes to kind of like control the inflations. I mean, that's inflation. It's been 8.6, really, really high for, if you think about it, I was looking at a couple of different articles on our large uh, boxes, such as Amazon or um, Walmart, Target, and so on, that they started to charge their um, product owner to pay, I think, 5% for gas or something like that. It was, I don't mm-hmm. remember the exact numbers, but they have to shift or split the cost a little bit. And their gross profit margin, based on financials that I reviewed really fast, I didn't go into details, of course, but um, their financials, the gross profit margin, their cost increased too. Um, look at the whole gas prices. Like no one was right. talking about the gas prices. Like I think it's almost 50, 60% increase in gas in California. So that could affect a lot of transportation's company and a lot of the uh, goods, services, yeah. right? I mean, uh, look at the wages. Like you, 
we had the small wages like twelve dollars, but uh, suddenly uh, you cannot find anyone to pay fourteen, fifteen, and even you have to start twenty dollars an hour to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of things changed, and I think it will take a little bit more time uh, to see the either we get we're not going to have a recession or we're going to hit uh, or we're going to walk into a recession and. Uh, and usually, as you guys know, it will take us 11 to 15 months if we go through a recession. And how it's really hard to see how bad it will be, too. Right. I think that was one of the things Kate and I kind of wanted to talk to you about was that just um, the under, like you had brought up, the underlying um, economic position that the country's in is different than 2008 fundamentally. Absolutely. And uh, right now, it seems as if we're just trying to curb inflation and mm-hmm. uh, we're dealing with the ramifications of of printing a lot of money mm-hmm. and putting a lot of extra money into circulation. Um, and then obviously there's a couple other policies that are playing into this, right? So like you had said, the interest rates being so low on housing and other loans mm-hmm. led to a lot of spending um, mm-hmm. to recover from like a pseudo recession from uh, COVID. So we're just kind of curious what your thoughts are. You sounded like you were fairly optimistic about maybe what the future might look like and that, I know that's not always been the case. I know at points you were very concerned about what would happen with the economy. If you were just to take a stab in the dark with just the knowledge that you have today, mm-hmm. what would you kind of think is going to happen and how would you prepare for that? Um, I would say, um, it, I mean, as I mentioned, it's really hard to say what's going to exactly. Task. Yeah, it is because like, look at the whole global economy, right? The inflation, United States is not the only one who's dealing with, in, with inflation right now. The, almost every single co- countries outside of the United States are dealing with it in different ways, right? Some, they have like as low as 3 4% and then it goes up. I even saw like 300%, 200% on wow. some of the countries, right? right. And um, however, um, the thing is... Um, the preparations is really rough too. I mean, what I would say for small businesses, oh, you have to make sure you're running your books. And um, I'm just begging small business, if you don't have uh, books, see accountants, see uh, bookkeepers, hire someone. And uh, and a lot of times they feel like it's gonna to be too expensive or so on, but you can find a decent one and have them to run your numbers and uh, you have to have budget you have to cut a lot of budget because what happened in 2020 i feel like they put trillions of dollars in the helicopter and just send it out like right. Ooh, everybody have right. some money and uh, a lot of them i mean some people was better off because of those and some people were not right and a lot of uh, small businesses they got funds that they really didn't need it but we have a lot of small businesses that I had a couple of friends in uh, San Francisco area. They had restaurants and they shut down. I mean, they couldn't even live that open in end of 2020. And um, and when I talked to them, they were like, oh, I wish we were able to save it. Another thing that I would like to touch this was another statistic that I was uh, looking at. I think it's a 58% or 48 to 58% of small businesses, they only have three months cash reserve for their cash flows. And that has to be a minimum six month because we have we are dealing with a lot of um, fluctuation in the market and uh, you never know, regardless of what industry you are, you, ha- 
you may slow down. Look at 2020 happened. Like a lot of small business, they didn't have cash flow to stay open. And mm-hmm. a lot of them shut down and because it was nothing left. When you have like less than three months reserve in your bank account, literally three bad months, you're out. There's nothing else you can do. Can um, you break down when you say uh, a six month reserve mm-hmm. of cash flow? Can you break down how you'd calculate that number for your business just briefly for maybe somebody who doesn't know? Absolutely. I mean, look at the full operation expenses. Let's say if your operation expenses is $85,000, make sure to have six months of $85,000. A lot of investors are uh, disagree with this. And a lot of companies are like, no, no, don't sit on your caches. And I look at it usually differently differently because i believe a small business you have to have you have to predict lawsuits you have to predict a lot of things that happens to your business and the six month is minimum you must have if your business is high cash flow and your profit margin is like 50 percent or 60 percent which is rare to see but Mm -hmm. if your business is making a lot of money and net profit and you see it on your financial and you're comfortable with three months good for you yes three months is perfect but if, especially if your profit margin is about 10%, 15%, not as much, um, for sure you must have six months because if that profit margin is 10, 15%, it's really easy to not see that profit in a couple months. And at the same time, look at the economy. If 2020, the shutdown, I mean, when it happened, people couldn't do anything. Like right. they just simply been out of business. That's it. Right. And uh, matter of a fact, I mean, as a matter of fact, I, another statistic that was really interesting, uh, I think U.S. Bank um, worked on a pro- project and they announced 82% of uh, business who fail is due to cash flow, uh, lack of cash flow management. That's another thing. Um, if you have extra money in your business, make sure to invest it. Mm-hmm. Invest it in different things. I mean, especially if you have an S-corporation, for example, buy a building. Why not own your own building? If um, there are so many different ways you can do, like um, stocks is one option if you are comfortable doing the stocks or hire someone. Uh, But you have to reinvest the money. Just don't sit on your cash. Look at the whole inflations. Whoever sat on on their cash is like didn't produce the money. So so first step you would say is build up your cash reserves for your six month cash flow minimum. Yes. Some companies, I know you and I have talked, you know, some businesses that have even lower profit margins, they need to have 12 months. Absolutely. Just ready to go. Yes. But let's say that you're an average real estate investor or salesperson and that you're making maybe in that 15% range. Mm-hmm. You want, you're suggesting maybe you start with that six months, yes. operations, cash reserves, and then take the extra profits after taxes and operations, mm-hmm. put that into other investments to try to bring in supplemental income that's not part of necessarily your business yes absolutely i usually uh i usually recommend to have three different bank account that's a minimum uh one checking operations one depository and one savings right the savings is kind of like uh uh, you save up first then you start spending that's what i'm usually looking at it Mm -hmm. and if you have like 20 percent profit margin net profit that 20 percent of your uh, operational checking or depository must go in your um, owner's reserve. And then as you build that three bank account well, then I always recommend to open another one as investment 
and uh, just start investing think about it like how can you invest there's so many different ways to invest and uh, there's so many good in uh, financial advisors that uh, they are pretty much expert on these areas um, that they can definitely help small businesses yeah so i want to get your opinion real quick because we've heard uh we've heard this from other investors who are kind of gauging this shift more specifically with our housing market right it's sure. it's no question we've seen a shift from how everything was during covid and everything was super crazy so we've heard of people now who are scared of what's to come and they've stopped some of their streams of marketing just to buckle down and to stop their spending but then we're also hearing from people to buckle down and keep your foot on the gas on your marketing and double the amount of activities that you're doing in order to not only prepare for this shift but also to find success and even more success in this shift so what what are your thoughts on that are you thinking and i know it can be situational from person to person right depending on how their financials might look right but in essence what do you think people in our industry specifically should be doing to prepare for this housing shift and see success and, and not fall off? Absolutely. Well, that's a really, really good point. Um, I usually, um, I'm going to start with myself and what happened in 2006 and we had business. So what happened, we had a great business. Everything was great. Suddenly goes down, right? The first thing that I did, I was working extra hours. Like I'm talking about 16 hours, 17 hours a day. And um, in the t up to 2006, the market was so good that I was spending maybe one hour uh, a day on marketing branding. That was my budget, right? Um, and the rest of the time was just kind of like sell because leads was coming and we were just building up. Um, but when 2007 happened, I suddenly was spending like nine hours, eight hours only on a marketing branding and three hours of educating myself on a product. Um, in insurance, since we were broker, we were working with a lot of different companies and so on. We have to understand a lot of different products, understanding good coverages and who's first, what is the changes happening in different insurance companies and what can we get that specific company? How can we represent them, right? Those are the things that we was looking for. Um, if I come back to the real estate, what I would say the education is the most important part. I mean, if you are a realtor, you must take every single training that you can, every single educational training, because you have to understand your industry at high level. Therefore, when you sit in front of your clients, you, you have something to add. You can help them, educate them about the whole industry, what's happening. And of course, we have a lot of news that sometimes uh, you, you hear things on the news and it's kind of like add a lot of uh, pressure uh, to the consumers and they kind of like panic. They were in panic zone. They're like mm -hmm. everything goes, everything's bad. But uh, I mean, beginning our, on our conversation, as I mentioned, for 10, 12 years, we had four and five or 5% 5 interest rate and everybody was paying, everybody were okay. And when it then dropped to 2.7, now coming back to the four and half and five, everybody's panicking, but well, for 12 years they were okay or more than 12 years and um that's why i'm kind of like well nothing bad happened yet so we're still good and uh 
um, if you are thinking to buy and sell, well, you should. I mean, why not? If if you need that, a lot of people they don't need it, but if 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 it's your need and you need to move or do other things, why not? Mm-hmm. And sometimes this is reality too, right? I mean, whenever the interest rate, look at the interest rate when changed, there is nothing else you can do. And this is going to be this new normal now. So, and you have to be prepared for the new normal. Um, yeah, I would say definitely education. And as far as marketing, branding, sales is number one. You need to uh, buckle down on sales, like learn the sales as high as possible, the best as possible. And whatever marketing strategy you had and was working for you, just keep going and maybe boost that one up. Uh, I've seen uh, different marketing strategy and branding and they, I always um, recommend to look at your numbers and see, for example, if you do Facebook ad, if you do postcard, if you do mailers, whatever it is, have your number. If you spend like $20,000 a year and you're not receiving any lead, well, yeah, shut that down as soon as possible. But if you're spending 20000 and you're making seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000, well, why not? Maybe understand how you can boost that one up in different areas. Therefore, you can make good amount of money there. Yeah, we have been talking with a lot of people Obviously, we have our own marketing strategies and we tell people that as the market's shifting, it's important that you don't pull your foot off the gas on the things that you have found success with. Sure. And like what you're saying, it's hard to know what you're having success with if you haven't been tracking. And that's part of the bookkeeping. Um, But we are also personally, we're trying to follow a strategy of not, we're trying to dig deep into one strategy. Mm Mm-hmm. And get very good at it. Not try four or five different things at once. Yes. And try to spread ourselves too thin. What are your thoughts in a changing market um, for marketing strategy? I mean, when you were in 2008, it sounds like you were spending a lot of time marketing. Were you doing a lot of different things? Or were you trying kind of one or two very specific routes? Um for me, everything was, I had to meet with people. Like that was my thing. I was uh, kind of like door knocking. Door knocking was the best because if I could get in front of people, it was easy for me to sell. Um, we had a lot of mailers. Mailers, if you have mailers, uh, we had mailers in the past. I think we did a massive Google advertisement on that time as well. That was a good response for us too. Um, um, however, the mailer was taking so long and it was more cost effective because I think in mailers, we were, we were sending out like five to 6,000 mails a month. And, um, and that was kind of like adding, adding up a lot of caches and cash. And I've noticed like, okay, if I can get myself in front of people, it will be much better. Mm-hmm. So I was putting suit on every day and just go <laughs> door door knocking and yep. through only businesses i was spending directly to small business and trying to get their businesses and uh um and educations was the key too right because i started to looking at different industries for, for example um you know, transportation trucks that was one of the things that we started we started to do uh since we were shifting out of the personal line from home insurance to like businesses i was like okay how can i uh, find the fastest way to make money in commercial line because commercial was more stable in that time for us compared to uh, residential because we have a lot of foreclosures and we had a lot of properties that no one was paying for the homeowners and insurance. I mean, the, then bank brought their own homeowners and they were like uh, picking up their own home insurances. So that affect a lot of, affected a lot of small 
insurance agencies. Um, but I mean, the strategy, I th in my opinion, every small businesses, they must have strategies. They, they need to know what exactly is uh, the best way for them to make money. If it's door knocking, good for you. Yes, if it's uh, Facebook ad, great. Keep that going. If it's mailers, great. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like to recap that in order to face some of these changes in these shifts that are happening, right? Mm -hmm. I, I love how you're coming from an optimistic mindset because if we, if we take a look at it, the economy, the real estate economy specifically, everything moves in cycles, right? Absolutely. So, so there's always going to be downturns. There's Absolutely. always going to be recessions, mm -hmm. right? Just like there's always going to be, you know, a booming economy and a peak at the economy, right? But I think in essence, if what we're hearing from you, kind of this overarching lesson for people to take and understand is you don't have anything to worry to worry about as long as you're prepared. Yes. And, and that preparation is one, not only understanding your financials and building up your uh, owner's reserves account and making sure that you're sticking to what's working for you and not try to dip into all these other things at once, right? As long as you're prepared, it sounds like there's really nothing you should necessarily be crazy about or throw in, in fear and be feared about and all that stuff, which I think is really important. It's what we're trying to tell our own clients in this space. It's what, it's what we're telling other investors other people that we connect with in this business is that if, if you're prepared, not only should you not be feared of, mm -hmm. you know, a downturn or a recession, but that's an opportunity for you to capitalize and make a lot more money and even build on your business for when the other shift takes a turn. Absolutely. And shift, sometimes people make more money in shift. I exactly. mean, all the 2009, a lot of people were, um, they had this extra cash, they started to purchase different properties and uh, different doors and so on. And uh, I mean, if you think about it, I always look at this uh, when I uh, usually talk about business and or especially like um, younger generation when they want to establish their own business, I always tell them, hey, look at Apple, for example. Apple has marketing branding department, has financial department, accounting department, legal team, blah, blah, blah. Like if you think about it, they have like so many different um, uh, groups that those groups are uh, get together and build Apple, right? If you start your own business, unfortunately, it's you. You have to time block in your daily basis to like, okay, one hour must go into marketing and branding. You have to think about it every single day. What can you do? How you can sell, blah, blah, blah. And one hour must be education. So you have to read a book, however, whatever it is. Um, well, a couple hours on for sure running your operations. You are your own manager, understanding your contracts. It depends on your, for example, on real estate. You really need to know, you really need to understand your contract and um, market statistic and uh, all those things and accounting. Like, yes, one hour. If you spend like 30 minutes a night or 20 minutes a night, uh, you can have a good books. If you learn about it, there are so many good videos. I mean, the difference between now and 2006, seven, I would say, uh, there are so many tools available to small businesses. Like you simply can take a course at college, 
a cost of, I, I don't know how much it costs, like 3,500, I believe, uh, or cheaper, it depends. Uh, and a lot of time you can get a grant, whatever it is available, and uh, just take those courses. Uh, just basic on accounting, basic on finance, basic on marketing and branding, like couple basic. And uh, if you are not comfortable with sales, tell, take a couple of speech classes or um, communication classes. Like there are so many little tools that will help you to build up your foundation for your business. But the key that um, I always encourage people, you must have all those departments in your business. It's a, if it's you, oh, it's rough. It's going to be everything on you, but you have to have those bases to build up your business. Yeah. What I like, too, that you said is that we have some time still. A yes. lot of the big predictors are saying that it's going to be somewhere in that next 6 to 12 months that we mm -hmm. can expect some changes. Mm -hmm. And business is still going as usual right now. It's yes. changed a little. But, you know, if you focus, you dig down, you develop the books... Absolutely. You set up your bank accounts like what you talked about, a depository, a checking, and a savings, and a potentially an investing account. Yes. And you spend time each week working on developing your reserves, you have time to develop a really, really recession-proof business. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sweet. That's kind of all the questions I really had. Yeah. I, Arian... Again, we super appreciate, appreciate you being you here. I am so Thank happy you. we were able to bring you on again. If you Anytime. guys haven't listened to that episode in season two where we talked about, I think, more in depth about that bank account structure, your personal finances and doing that, I highly recommend going back and looking at it. The way I run my bank accounts and financials is 100% from the coaching and at the direction of Arian. And, and I have him to thank for, for everything in my financial world for my small business. So, Arian, thank you so much again thank you for coming much, on. It's always good to be here. Where can people find you, reach out to you? Do you have social media? What's the best way to reach out to you if people have questions or or anything that they'd like to get in touch with you about. Absolutely. Uh, my personal email is arian at geravishinc.com. So more than welcome to reach out to me if there's anything I can do. And I do a lot of, uh, um, I really care about the community. And if a small businesses they need help and it's free of charge, I will definitely more than happy to sit down with them and walk them through a um, minimum of a couple hours for sure. I would love to spend time with them and give direct them to the right right place and uh, that's my passion because i believe um, everything starts with our community right we can change our um, little community's economy ourselves and no one else can do it and i think um, as a small businesses we all have to help each other and uh, um, i can add some values they can add some values and a lot of time i learn from them like when i consult a small business in different industries such as gas station doctor office and so on they each uh, teach me something that i didn't know about and um so yes i'm always available for you guys and i'm uh, just want to say thank you for you for you guys i mean you guys have been doing a great job i think this podcast definitely bring a lot of value to the small businesses and uh we need these things especially for our community we need this thank you no thank you yeah without so. the help of smart guests like you coming on. Oh, I think Kate you. and I could have run out of topics about 
two years ago. So we're grateful to have somebody like you come on. And like Kate said, at the end of this video, we're going to tag your season two episode because just like Kate said, we still run our business that way. And it has created great stability and predictability in our business income. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you to all of you out there listening. And we will see you next week back on the Pursuit of Property podcast.